1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. And since I didn't say it on last week's episode, I just want to say happy Pride. June is Pride Month and there's so much behind the idea of having a month dedicated to gay pride. And I'm so excited to have Mateo Lane on today. He is one of the most hilarious comedians ever. I actually saw him at the Comedy Cellar a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh my God, we haven't released this episode yet. We got to get this episode out there. He is so great. And also, like, he taught me a lot in this episode. It's really hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Like, we think like gay pride, rainbows, parties, but it's so much more than that. And... I have no idea what it's like to grow up gay. And I'm sure a lot of people listening right now don't either. And I'm sure a lot of people don't care, which is the most upsetting part. It's like, you know, we often don't care about an experience that we didn't have. But that's why it's so important. If you listen to today's episode, I really think you're going to come away thinking like, Oh, I get it. I understand my gay friends a little bit more today, my gay relatives, you know, whatever it is, because I definitely felt that way after listening to this episode. I'm just gonna get into a few of your questions and then we will listen to Mateo. So, the first one, somebody asked about getting your partner to go to therapy. This is so funny. It comes up so often that we actually have a highlight on our Instagram about ways to get your partner to go to therapy. One thing we said is like a type of flattery. Like, let's say your partner's a male. You can say like a lot of guys who are in like really high performance industries think that it's helpful to talk to someone outside of their universe. Like Elon Musk goes to therapy or, you know, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for you. Or just as simple as like, you could have a safe space to say what's on your mind. Like so often guys don't talk about, especially heterosexual guys who like, you know, toxic masculinity, they don't talk about their feelings. Like I can't tell you how many times my boyfriend has hung out with his friends and one of them has gone through a breakup recently. And I'm like, oh, did so-and-so talk about what his breakup and like what happened and if he's okay? And he's like, no, what? Like if I meet up with my girlfriends after one of them has gone through a breakup, the entire dinner is talking about that person's breakup. Like we're analyzing it. We're making sure she's okay. We're getting her back on the dating apps. It's like every single thing is covered in that meeting. Guys don't even go there. Another way is just talking about like, you know, venting to an unbiased person. A lot of times, especially women get used as therapists if we're dating someone. Like, no, I'm not your unpaid therapist. And you can say like, I love giving you advice. I love that you come to me for it, but I am biased and I'm not like indifferent. Like I know these people we're talking about. So it could be really interesting for you to get someone else's opinion. And then also just saying like, you know, you can go one time and if you don't like it, you never have to go again. And that could work. It could also backfire like it did with me in the past. Um, I literally said that. And then he went and he felt great after and he was like, okay, I'm done. And I was like, what? Why? Why? And he's like, oh, you said that like I didn't have to go again. Like, obviously, that wasn't the partner for me. Body anxiety during the summer. This is tough and it's such a sensitive subject to even like breach because... Or broach? Breach? I always do this where I don't know the right word. But yeah, I mean, everybody goes through it. I don't know anyone who's like, my body is amazing. If you feel good like mentally about how you look, like nothing matters. You get bigger clothes. You do this, you do that. The anxiety is always going to be there. We're always going to be comparing ourselves and our bodies to other people's bodies. And my therapist actually was really helpful. She mentioned a book called The Invisible Corset and it's a book about just like learning how to accept your body and intuitively eat and like just like the standards and the reason that we have all of this like body shame you know it's it's really hard and especially in the summer but that's all i can say because it's such a sensitive subject and that's all that i can say really my rant about engagement so i went on this rant at dinner with my parents this weekend, and and my boyfriend, about how like it's so dumb for people to know exactly when they're getting engaged. Like I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who actually wants to be surprised. I'm curious, and I want to do a poll question on this, but like I would hate if I knew that like my partner had asked my dad for my hand. I had bought a ring. Like, I don't want to know these things. And I feel like there's no one left that genuinely wants to be surprised. And I'm losing my mind because I feel like I'm the only one in it. Like, I don't know, but I'm curious what you guys think. So definitely slide into my DMs. Someone wanted to know if I took meds for my depression because I mentioned that my therapist in my last episode had suggested it. I actually didn't. It was like my last... My last outlet, really. I wanted to do so many things to try so many ways to fix, to like heal from my depression before that, at least temporarily. And so that's when I started CBT therapy or DBT therapy. I never know which one it was. I think it was CBT. And that actually brought me out of my depression. So I highly recommend that if you are open to it, if your insurance covers it. Being single in your late 20s, so you're starting to be desperate in the dating game, you don't have to be desperate in the dating game your late 20s is still really young. And I think that you need to change that narrative. You need to be like, oh my God, I only have a few years to be single. I better take advantage of that. How exciting is that? Because next thing I know, I'm going to be partnered up with someone for the rest of my life. Like enjoy that time. Um, My daily schedule slash sleep. My sleep is super off recently. I don't know why. I think maybe because our blinds don't fully close. So I'm awake with the sun in the morning, the sunrise. But yeah, my sleep hasn't been great. And I'm sure that's definitely having an effect on my body. I, I've i read that you're supposed to have seven to nine hours per night. I'm not really getting that. The ideal would be nine hours a night if anyone does that. More power to you. Why butterflies are a red flag. So we talked about this in the last episode, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But butterflies are a scary feeling that happens because it's like this adrenaline rush as opposed to this like safe feeling that you're supposed to have with a partner who's right for you. And friends throwing adult tantrums, such a bad look. But I think we've all been there. I think if you're still throwing adult tantrums after 25 or while you're in therapy, that's a problem. But oftentimes, these people are... It's a cry for help, or they're at a bad place in their life, and maybe you should suggest therapy to them. I'm gonna get right into Mateo, and I hope you enjoy. May is, in addition to being Pride Month, Mental Health Awareness Month. And mental health is huge to me. I've opened up to you guys a couple times about how depressed I was when I was 23 how I finally started seeing a therapist and how it truly changed my life for the better. Oh my God, did I get emotional there? I'm telling you, if you haven't looked into the idea of therapy, there's never a better time than right now. It's so important and it shouldn't just be for May. It should be all year long, all lifelong. If I could go to therapy for the rest of my life, I 1000% would. And it's really easy when you use Talkspace. Like if you haven't heard of Talkspace, it's so easy. You just sign up online and you can actually start therapy the same day as you sign up, which is so much better than any other way to get a therapist because it takes a while to actually get to the conversation. But with Talkspace, you can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So instead of annoying your friend with all your voice messages and making them have to listen to them, you can just send them to your therapist who actually wants to listen and wants to help. With Talkspace, you can send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist 24-7. So no matter what's going on, your therapist is always there for you. It's the number one online therapy platform for a reason. Licensed therapists, over thousands of licensed therapists that deal with different specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and so much more. Because you're a listener of this podcast and you care about your mental health, which is such a green flag. You're going to get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. All you have to do is go to Talkspace.com and use the code ACME to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com and promo code ACME. Match with a licensed therapist today and take control of your mental health. The only thing as important as your mental health is your sexual health. I am like... I've you know, really like my sexual health. We'll leave it at that. I have been taking care of it, quote unquote, since I was much younger and since I discovered how to do so. And no matter what way you masturbate, it's always good to have some inspiration, some kind of, you know, something to get you going. If you haven't heard of Dipsy, it's an audio app full of short and sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each story features characters that are like real people and immersive scenarios. So you feel like you're right there. Like maybe you're at the dog park and you see this hot guy. I'm sure there's a story about seeing a Hawkeye at the dog park. Like Anything that you could think of that turns you on. They release new content every week. So there's always more to explore. Maybe it's your trainer. Maybe it's your librarian. Do people still have librarians? Maybe it's your friend's husband or wife, whatever you're fantasizing about. Just go to that place with Dipsy. Like take your mind to this really imaginative, imaginatory place and use the tools that we taught you in our episode with Sex with Emily to have an orgasm. For listeners of the show, Dipsy's offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash ACME. That's 30 days full of access for free. So basically masturbating for 30 days straight. When you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme, that's dipsystories.com slash Acme now.
1: In a study by Esquire, 54% of women said they'd rather be hit by a car than considered fat. If I'm being honest,
0: I've been those women. So for me, this isn't just a podcast. It's personal. I'm Danielle Robey, TV host and journalist. And years of celebrity interviewing taught me that beauty isn't about what you look like. It's about who you become. Each week, I'm having thought-provoking conversations, digging into the stories of people who put a new spin on pretty. From entrepreneurs and authors to politicians and celebrities, no topic is off limits. So join me every Thursday for a new episode to feel pretty inspired, pretty seen, and best of all, pretty smart. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with comedian Matteo Lane. Hey, Matteo. Hey. hey. (laughs) So I have to ask you, because you're in New York, have you ever been to Matteo's in Long Island?
1: Is it a pizzeria?
0: Kind of. Yeah. It's like a pizza Italian. It's like the Long Island gathering spot where like all the Long Island families go.
1: I mean, no, I've rarely been to Long Island. I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to New York, I was one of those New York transplants. It was like, okay, my life is now strictly Manhattan. Maybe right, right, right. Shows. Like, so like the concept of Long Island and what that means and the life and culture out there, I'm, I have absolutely... No idea what that's like, but there is right. a San Mateo in the upper east side. Yes, yes, more than one. Uh huh. Yeah, it's supposed to be a pretty good pizza.
0: Yeah, apparently, I've never been, but I've walked past it a few times. Um, and then just I have to ask since you said you're from Chicago, have you ever tried Fire Cakes Donuts?
1: No. Is oh, it new? Oh my
0: God. I mean, I don't know because I, my first experience in Chicago was like a few years ago and I tried it and I have not been able to move on. Like, you know, when you just love something and you're just like trying to get it, even though you're in a new place.
1: Wait, I want to look this up. Fire cake. Fire donuts. cakes. They ac-
0: yes. They actually deliver now on Gold Belly. Um, and I just really? ordered the other day. They're oh, so yeah, look. fucking good.
1: Okay, so one is in Lincoln Park and one is downtown. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. No, I left Chicago like ten, almost almost 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. my association with like Chicago food is pretty much limited to like the Chicago staples of like deep dish pizza and yeah. Italian beef. And so yeah, of course. <laughs>
0: um, and then I usually, so I'll usually ask how old are you and where are you from? But we covered the where are you from. But Matteo, how old are you?
1: I'm 34. Awesome. Awesome. I know. I turned 35 this summer.
0: It's so crazy though, because it's like, did, did this last year count? Like, did it count as a birthday? Like, I turned 30 and I just don't feel like I'm ready to turn 31. Like, I haven't had that, like, year, you know?
1: I think I'm just happy to be out of my 20s. I think the yeah. 20s have, like, far too much pressure on them to, like, be young, hot, do the cool thing. And I've never been like into doing cool shit and all I just I'm still like talking about Judy Garland and still talking about Maria Callas and Sarah Vaughn so the fact that like I don't need an excuse to I don't go out you know per se I mean I work my job is it is nightlife but most of my friends their jobs are in nightlife so it's that sort of phase of my life of going out and drinking and partying is done so like being in my 30s is great I mean certain things suck like my knee hurts a lot now so I have to go to an orthopedic or orthodontist. (laughs) Orthodontist. (laughs) I need to go to orthodontist too. But um, yeah, so just sort of like back aches. And I'm like, ah, this this is what everyone was referring to when we were younger about like your back hurting or seeing the doctor and stuff. But yeah, I'm going to be 35. And yeah, this past year aged me a lot.
0: (laughs) I feel like the same. I was looking at pictures from last year. And I was like, I have grown up like a couple years just in the past year. It's so crazy. Like between greys and everything else. I mean, it's just, it's beyond. But you said you were turning 35 this summer. So when is your birthday?
1: June 28th.
0: Oh, you're Mm cancer.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm the anniversary of the Stonewall riots, Judy Garland's death. So, you know, my wow. mother was just waiting for a gay kid.
0: <laughs> you have that. You actually have the same birthday as my brother-in-law. So did you know that if you're born on the 28th, it's really special because I'm also born on the 28th of September and two eight is a power number. So look at that.
1: But why is two? So I'm going to be one of those comedians that's sort of like, yeah, I yeah, question yeah. everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like, why is two? So I have synesthesia. So like to me, two eight just means like red and dark blue but it doesn't have any significance Wait, in like what's a power synesthesia. Number. Synesthesia is like the w- cross-wiring of senses that you happens during brain development that you can't like unbind. So there's a small percentage of population that when they see numbers or letters or hear music, it's associated with a color like right.
0: Unprovoked. I remember seeing the reading about this in my textbooks.
1: Yeah, so I have the like some people have it where they taste shape or they like smell color or I just like see letters and numbers all as color. And then I hear music as color.
0: So interesting. And so does that have anything to do with... So I was stalking you a little bit and I saw that you are an extremely talented artist. And I know that you like spent time in Europe painting, which (laughs) is like literally out of Emily in Paris. Like, who are you?
1: Oh, Um, please. I'm more culture than her. Do you know what's supposed to be (laughs) Emily at Paris or Emily in Paris because Paris is Paris, so it's right, right. it rhymes is Emily. That was the original. I've never seen the show. It looks uh-huh. insufferable to me, it's, but it's um, so cringe. I, I don't know if Miss anesthesia has anything to do with my artistry. I mean, you know, I sing opera, I paint, and and stand up. But I'm sure if you could take it away from me, I would reflect and be like, oh, it did have like a bigger influence on me than I thought but I guess because it's just as normal to, as like having brown hair to me like I I don't know what it, I don't know any other existence I guess is the way to answer that
0: yeah and Matteo, what is your current relationship status
1: it's complicated starring Meryl Streep
0: <laughs> okay so I, so I do these things on the podcast where like I have dating rules, but most of my rules since like I'm like dating, you know, men, it's are like cis hetero rules and whatnot. But I'm always curious, you know, like I have tons of gay friends and like they have their own set of rules, you know? And so I wonder like maybe we can kind of go through my rules and you can say if you agree or disagree when it comes to dating in your life
1: sure i mean just as like a general note i think like i think i find that the reason most queer people are not following to the script is because from a young age we're sort of put into place as observers because you just sort of view everything as not uh this is i'm talking about my generation when Mm -hmm. we didn't even see gay people on tv besides c3po which is my stupid joke So, you know, it's like magazines, television shows, cartoons, uh, anything that represented any kind of normalcy. Usually the only diversity was through color of skin, but never through sexuality, queerness, transness. So I, my entire life, along with with a lot of other queer people, just sort of observe the script that everybody just fell into. So if you're straight, especially if you're straight and white, I mean, you just sort of fell into like a river that was already going. So right. a lot of your reasons for dating and and fundamentals like, oh, you know, these are the rules or this is what women deserve or this is what men all just kind of stems from what's been like integrated into you as a child. Whereas I think queer people, when we finally were able to date, because a lot of us didn't get that opportunity in middle school or high school like y'all did that we were like, oh, wow. So we're already sort of projected by society. We might as well play by our own rules. And most of the time, it's really come down to just conversations about what people's needs and wants are, which I find, generally speaking, has been difficult for straight people, cis straight people to do because they're so ingrained in these like puritanical Victorian, like I am woman, you are a man. This is how we play. Not everyone, but just generally speaking. So I might disagree with a lot of your rules, but I also might agree with a lot. Yeah, that's I'm really interesting. Out of interesting. a yogurt cup because I'm Italian, that. and we don't waste it.
0: That's amazing. Oh. Um, and and by the way, I hope that you disagree with some of my rules, if not all of them, so we can have a good um, little debate. This weather is just not it for our hair. Like it's just not. I blow dry my hair, and I'll go outside, and it immediately frizzes. Unless. I am using my Function of Beauty shampoo and conditioner and all of the products that go along with it. If you haven't heard of Function of Beauty, it's perfect for summertime hair weather because it is fully customized. So you basically go on their website and you take a little quiz and it comes up with a unique formula for your hair based on this quiz. And it makes your hair look and feel its best, which everybody wants that. They have Incredible fragrances. You get to choose the smell of your shampoo and conditioner, of your products. And I'm obsessed with the rose. You've probably heard me say it a million times, but it smells like heaven. Every time I shower, I'm like, Can you smell my hair? Like to my boyfriend, I'm like, Can you smell my hair? It smells amazing. But seriously, every product is sulfate and paraben free, vegan, cruelty free. There's so many reviews online if you want to check them out. But it's really what you should be using this summer. Don't get stuff from the CVS, Walgreens. It's just not gonna do what's best for your hair and what your hair actually needs. If you go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme, you can take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. That's functionofbeauty.com slash Acme to let them know you heard about it here and to get 20% off your order at functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. And let me know which scent you choose, but definitely go with Rose. I think you're right. I think a lot of my rules are based on the idea of like woman and man and like man should pursue woman. And that is like for, you know, for very much all the reasons that you named. But unfortunately, it kind of is the way it still is for like men and women in so many ways. And so like one of my biggest ones, and I actually just went on TikTok to like defend this rule, um, (laughs) is... Not to text thank you after the date. So, so hear me out. Okay. So you're on the date, they buy you a drink, you say thank you on the date itself, right? Mm -hmm. Why do you need to send another thank you? the next day. I didn't know people
1: were sending thank yous.
0: Oh, yeah. People feel like, especially women, feel like they need to say like, oh my God, thank you again for a $20 drink at the bar. Like it meant so much to me. I had such a good time.
1: I don't even under... I don't... I guess... Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, I might say like, if I went on a date with someone and it went really well, I thank you would not be the words that I would use. I would usually say something along the lines of like, that was fun, would love to do it again. I mean, right. that's pretty standard, but a thank you. If if someone was offering to buy me dinner, my Chicago accent, if someone was offering to buy me dinner and afterwards I was like, that was really nice of you, thank you. I would. It would end there. I didn't know right. that, that women yeah. are usually texting men, thank you.
0: Thank you again after thanking them once. I mean, it's just crazy.
1: What would you prefer to be said instead of thank you? Like had a great time?
0: I would actually prefer, and so this goes back to like the gender roles with men and women, like I would prefer to say nothing as the woman in the situation because like straight men are not that complicated in that like, if they like you, like they're going to hit you up again and like ask you out, you know?
1: I think that undermines a lot of, uh, I think that kind of mentality could also keep, continue to play into the sort of stereotype how a woman and how a male is supposed to act like you've already gotten to the point where you've gotten dinner together or drinks together. So you've already, the chase has already been made, but to like continue that chase just sort of continues to not be like, it's sending a a large signal of I'm not open to honest communication. So if I feel something or if I instinctively feel something or have feelings towards you, my instincts will be smat like pushed down because of the role that I'm supposed to play and could send really mixed signals to the man. Because in his mind, he thought I chased her. I got her. I brought her to dinner. I got her drinks. I've done everything that I can in a tangible way to show her that I like her. You know, the least that she could do is just be honest with me about her experience that I gave her last night rather than him thinking now I have to put in more work. And then it just gets to this point where like, if that's what you've agreed upon subconsciously in this relationship from the beginning, what's how mixed are this? You're just gonna be constantly expecting him to know what you feel or think when it's impossible.
0: I hear you. And I actually think that your argument is great and will resonate with a lot of people. However, I respectfully <laughs> do disagree because I think that, you know he hasn't chased nearly enough as he might think or it might seem. I mean, he took... Do you know how many guys like take... Do you know how many people take people on dates? Like that is not chasing. Like he could take you on a date and then like never talk to you again. He could take you on a date for... On on, like dates for four months and then ghost you. Like Mm -hmm. I think now things get more complicated. So like... You know, I don't think it's necessarily not being true to yourself, but I think it's also just like gauging how interested they actually are in you. And my rules in a way come come from like per- wanting to protect women from mm-hmm. putting themselves out there, right? And saying like, I had a good time, would love to do it again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then the guy is now responding because he's he's being nice. And then it gets into this weird, complicated thing where like, I don't know how this guy actually feels because I like texted him. Of course, he's going to respond. And now we're in this weird limbo. And like, you know, as opposed to me just knowing that this guy had such a good time on this date that he's not going to let me, you know, go without trying to make another date. And then like, once that happens, maybe like rules can go away. But I think it needs to be, you know, like pursued a little bit.
1: Do you think, so to your point, right? Like you are, it's hard to be vulnerable and you feel that you want to preserve uh, your energy from wasting on someone who's inevitably not going to serve your ultimate goal, which is finding a partner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So by everything that you said though, and by the way, men are totally pieces of shit, but um, (laughs) are you saying that it is only the role of the male to pursue? that you're basically what you're saying is, as the woman, it is never my role ever to pursue. I will not ask for first date. I will not pay for first date. I will not follow up after first date. You're implying that in this scenario of man and woman, right, cis male, cis woman, that it is always his role to put forth that effort. And I guess my follow-up question is, how grand of a gesture do you expect him to make besides saying, do you want to go out sometime? that is worth it to you is signal enough that he's putting in an effort.
0: Yeah. So so to speak to the first one, I think... I, I actually do think that uh, women should always offer to pay. I think that everyone in any date scenario, the like, queer says, like, everyone should, like, offer. Like, no one should it go should into be, like, a date. It should be, split,
1: right? Don't you think it should always be split? Not
0: split, necessarily. Um, I, but I do think that it's so entitled if someone's just like, thank you. You know, like, yeah, it's, right, like right. it's like, excuse me, <laughs> like,
1: you know, thank um, you so, actually, no, I know a lot of people, gays, straight, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who would love to say thank you. Right. I'm uncomfortable with someone paying for me all the time. I'm usually the person paying most right. of the time. Um, that's also just like a financial thing, but I, I agree. Like, I do get uncomfortable. Like, if someone's like, can I pay for you? Like, I don't know how to accept that,
0: yeah, but I, I do think that. You should like everyone should offer. I think the the actual rule should be whoever asked for the date should pay.
1: Should pay. Mm-hmm. True.
0: Cause like I I'm, I'm like, I want to take you out, Mateo. And then I'm like, okay, it's like, 15, like, hope, okay, it's yeah, 1536. You, there's like, some
1: surprises coming right, your way, but right, let's do this.
0: Right. And then so I think, yeah, I think for that, like, you know, they should pay. I'll offer, but they should pay. And then the second part was just like, is them asking, can we go out again enough? Um, and yes, like that's just them. I don't need like a grand gesture. I just need them. I just need to know that they're gonna ask for another date, as opposed to like wanna be pen pals or like invite me over at ten p.m. You know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's enough.
1: Do you find that something wrong with someone saying like? Because obviously, everyone has sexual needs. It is different between men and women. Vastly, I'm not saying <laughs> that it's not, but like, I mean, for gay culture at least, like, my experience has been like, usually dates are more rare than hookups, and hookups can turn into dates. I mean, that seems to be something. I mean, there's been people who have come over, and this is my past. I'm like, but what was your name again? Tom, right. You know, right, like, right, right. You know, obviously, like, Grindr offers like different needs. It's well, not I was just so gonna say, dating.
0: like, we don't have the luxury. And I do truly think it's like almost a luxury of having a thing like Grindr. And I think...
1: Uh, Well, well, Well,
0: because what I mean is like, we don't have this like strictly hookup versus like we're dating type of thing. So for us to like start things in a hookup, it's like already like red flaggy from like the beginning. Whereas as you said, like you guys, you could start hooking up with someone and be like, wait, what's your name? And then be like, oh, I actually kind (laughs) of like that guy. Like I want to get to know him, you know, but Mm -hmm. for us, it's like too late. It's like, oh. This is also,
1: I want you to know, I'm generally speaking about a gay experience. I'm not saying this is the (laughs) standard. Yeah, no, of course. I'm just saying that these are, these are things that have happened. Of course. But it's
0: actually interesting and I wonder if you can like speak on your opinion of this. Like my gay like my gay besties like they all like there's there's like this stigma right that like gay guys like and at least this is I haven't heard this from people my age but it's like my like dad will be like oh they like they don't take any like relationships seriously he doesn't actually say that I don't have like a homophobic dad but you know what I'm saying I was
1: like wow your dad's really got some opinions
0: <laughs> but like the older generations they don't really get like they don't really get it and um but from my experience like all my gays like they want something serious or they're they are and in serious relationships with all
1: bottoms I, think <laughs> I literally care. am
0: no I'm not kidding I actually am there's one like um what's it called when you do both
1: Verse,
0: Yeah, a verse. By the
1: way, I find most gay men are verse. I don't think it's so strictly bottom top. I don't know. Adhering to that can be... You know, gays love to categorize and make rules. And we have an animal kingdom, which I think is absurd, but it is fun. Um, Sorry, but what was your question?
0: No, I guess my question is just like, you know, like, why does that stigma exist if at least all the people who very well might be bottoms um, want a relationship and like, don't want to just like mess around?
1: I don't think that there's a difference between gay people, straight people, queer people, straight people. I think the need and want to be with somebody is a natural thing. I think what gets you to that point in your journey might inevitably just be different. So again, sort of harping back to what I was saying earlier, I think when you grow up queer or gay, whatever, however you identify, that's not quote unquote the standard, right? Like straight male, straight woman we've seen in the past you know, there's a lot of damage there. There's a lot of psychological damage. I think things are getting better as representation is, you know, more, people are more aware of what it means to be gay, bi, pansexual, trans. But again, you know, it's like, for me, it's like, I grew up with a lot of deep shit trauma and then I turn 18 and I'm expected to like dress a certain way and act happy and, and woo gay. And it's, it's, it's not unpacked so easily. So in my experience, yeah, I've had issues with relationships and it's a lot of it probably has to draw back on the fact that I wasn't all allowed to celebrate all this. There's a lot of self-preservation and there's a lot of uh anger at the world. So I think, you know, maybe it has something to do with that. Also too, I think, you know, I mean, maybe statistically men aren't as, committed as women. Sometimes I think that's a stereotype that isn't necessarily not true, but look, I know tons of gay relationships that work in so many different ways. I know gays who are completely monogamous and are in love and build a life together and very heteronormative. And then there's others where they're in love, but one partner has another partner and they can see other people and they're in open relationships. And so the basis, the foundation for those relationships, obviously inevitably are trust. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that it's less likely that gay men can't find relationships. I just think that path to get there. I mean, imagine you're 30 years old, right? And you're a straight, cis, white woman, correct? I'm just Mm -hmm. asking. Okay. So, when did you say you started expressing that you liked boys? And then, when did you say you first started, quote unquote, dating boys?
0: Literally when I was three. Like, I've always been boy crazy.
1: Okay, so you're boy crazy. You're three, and everyone thinks it's cute, right? Like, oh my god, it's so cute. Like, she loves boys. Oh my god, right? Okay. And it's not so the it... same
0: experience.
1: Correct. So, like, now when did you first have your first boyfriend?
0: I mean, just like from like society, like I would like play with like someone else's like baby on the beach, and it would be my boyfriend, according to my parents. You know what I mean? I mean, like
1: in middle school, I'm guessing, like right? In middle school, middle school, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: like like an AIM AOL boyfriend.
1: <laughs> yeah, AIM. Oh my god. So just imagine I'm just comparing it to my life. Like once middle school came, once everyone fell into the gender roles, I was immediately ounced and I knew that something was different about me and I didn't, it was from 12, 11 till I was like 19, that huge gap. I did not get to experience dating, celebrating who I liked talking with other people about who I right. liked experiencing those first experiences. So now I'm 2021 20, and I've come out of the closet and in a way I feel like I'm playing catch up. How do I date? How do I ask somebody out? What uh, You know, are hookups bad? Are they good? Like there's, I don't know where gay people are on TV. So the only way to see gay people are at gay bars. And so you're dealing with people from all different ages, all different backgrounds who come, people who survived the AIDS crisis, people who are not out to their families, people who are just out. I mean, it's like, there's so much to catch up on, and so much to catch up to. Like, what's a drag queen? I literally didn't even see a drag right. queen in real life till I was 21. And I didn't know what I was looking at. So I think it's just safe to say, like, for myself and a lot of gay people or queer people, it's like we're not given the same opportunity, not to sound like, whoa, is us. I'm just trying to explain, like, We're not necessarily always given the same opportunities as straight people in the sense of feeling accepted and being able to have that type of pride and experience dating at a young age. And so by the time that you are able to do it, it can have a lot of psychological
0: confusion that you're trying
1: to work through as you get older One hundred that I'm working through.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am sober, and like most of my sober friends are gay. And a lot of their stories come from like having to bottle up all of these feelings and all of these emotions. And so they would drink to like try to fit in. And like, you know, that was a lot of their childhood and their growing up. And like, it's. It's really so crazy. And I feel like the generations that are like, you know, growing up today, like they have no idea, like they have it so easy. Like they could, they could be gay in <laughs> kindergarten and like, they could just be like, hi, I'm gay. And they'll be like, great. Like I'm trans, you know? And it's I remember just... Fran,
1: Fran Lebowitz was talking about what it was like to be gay in the seventies and, and the early eighties. And she was like, you know, people talk about gay marriage today she's like, I'm telling you, she's like not talking about gay people as normal. We're just not discussing it. it was as normal as green trees. She's like, people don't understand like what that was like. I mean, you were gay bars were raided. Police would arrest you. They would take your names, put it on the front of the New York times. You were fired from your job, shunned from your family. You'd, I mean, it just was like this huge history. I think AIDS also was a huge part of forcing gay people to come out because they were dying at such a high rate so quickly, you yeah. couldn't hide anymore. And so it forced us to truly come out of the closet. Um, I mean lots of other reasons. But I think that's just one. That's what Frank Leibowitz, you know, sort of talks about. So yeah, I don't know. And I think it's different now. Like I'm 34 and just like going to drag con, for example, and seeing a seven year old walk around with his mother or their mother and has purple hair and a dress. I'm like, I literally could not even fathom that is a, of being a possibility
0: right? ever,
1: you know? So there is such huge progress that has been made and it's, it's amazing, but I'm of a generation where I'm like, I'm still dealing with trauma.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, you grew up in the Midwest, like, and I'm sure you've talked about this a million times and it's like redundant at this point, but like, what was your coming out experience? Because, you know, it...
1: I worked it, at Michael's Arts and Crafts, so everyone know. <laughs> um, no. But like,
0: how old were I you? Was,
1: I was 18 when I came out to my friends, and like my close group of friends, like my friend Sophia, my friend Chuck, Anais. Then I came out, I kept it in the closet until I was about 21 my the rest of my family but luckily my Mm -hmm. older brother's also gay and my cousin is gay and we all grew up on the same block so it really you know my brother my brother put in the work and then I sort of glided by when it came to the family but I have been very lucky to come from a family that was not did not reject it and loved me and embraced me and we all we all talk through humor we all use humor to communicate and to deal Mm -hmm. with our problems and my mother came from a super traumatic childhood. So I think by the time I came out and I was gay and it's not like it was a secret, you know, it's not like right. I was running around like, yeah, women. I mean, <laughs> I was clearly singing opera and painting and effeminate right. and, you know, all these things I, I had shame about then. And now I embrace, like, I, I love the fact that I celebrate both femininity and masculinity and it's, you know, that's something that I'm happy people are doing. I think. um RuPaul's Drag Race has definitely helped with that. Uh, people yeah. watching queer narratives made for other queer people, not for straight people. Yes, yeah, so I would say eighteen. Eighteen is when I like came out, came out, and totally struggled with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because I feel like that was the age. Almost like you know how like when parents want to get divorced, like they wait till their kids are like a certain age. It's like that was the age at least for me and like for my like my cousin's gay and he came out like right when he got to college. Um right. and and it was like that was the moment cuz you're like you're able to finally like come like, go somewhere as Yourself as who you want to be, you know, like, right. um, you could be, you know, whoever you want to be when you first get to college and you don't know anyone, so that's really, yeah, you're,
1: you're not worried about being observed, you're not worried right. about being watched and reported on, you're not worried, you know it's a sense of independence, and so you know, you get to college, and you meet other gay people, I mean, it's like X Men and the Mutants, it's like, oh my god, you're also a mutant, oh my god, I'm not the only yeah. one, I mean, it is, and I remember being at a gay bar for the first time and just being amazed to think that all these. People, we all connect in some way, Se- gay sex, but no, we all connect <laughs> in the sense that like we all share this experience of being rejected right. and finding those others like us. And it was, you know, one of those Oprah aha moments, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was, I mean, you get it, a gay. and you get a guy. <laughs> um, That's what my family was like. There's so many of us in my family.
0: That's funny. Um, So I have one more rule that I want your opinion on. And then we're going to do some rapid fire poll questions. This one, I feel like you're going to laugh in my face. And you can, but I say don't have sex on the first date.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect to laugh. You're right. Um, (laughs) I think that's silly. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But can I I tell you
0: why? It's not like a like sex negative thing. It's honestly just because it's like so hot to have like a buildup, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, if that's your sexual fantasy, you better work. Um, I don't necessarily have sex the first time on every date. I don't think it's necessary, but sometimes you feel it and you like it and you go for it. And, I mean, sex is a form of expression that it does hold a lot of power. And I could see if you're somebody who doesn't want to be quite vulnerable with someone and wait and let them know that like there's more to come. Yeah, Maybe not not having sex on the first date is a, a good thing. But we also have to like really get rid of this, like this puritanical idea of like dating in our bodies and thinking that like, I won't be loved or accepted if I'm not this precious jewel. It's like, sex in a healthy way between two adults that you're speaking openly and on the same page, right? right? right. <laughs> like consensual adult sex is a wonderful, beautiful thing. And it's something that I feel like, cause I grew up Catholic, Italian, Irish, and Mexican. Like I'm the trifecta of Catholicism. So, you know, I still have hangups about sex in the same sense of like, oh, but sex, that means I'm dirty if I do this. Or, and it's like, no, Mateo, you just you're 34. Like, you know what I mean? Like you totally. have sexual chemistry with somebody and that's how you want to express yourself. Go for it.
0: Yeah. But I, I and I feel like the the only thing I will disagree with, because I do think everything you said makes a lot of sense, is that cis straight men are not open and honest. And that's why it's hard to like have because there's like toxic masculinity and like, they're like, they're not going to be like, oh my God, did you like that? Like, let's open, let's unpack <laughs> like our sex we just had. Like, right. did it feel good? Like, how do you feel afterwards? Do you feel like good, like emotionally? Like, no, like, they're just like, they're just like, they have no Those idea. Those are called
1: tops. Um, No, I, <laughs> no, I agree. I think that men have a lot of hangups because they're, because of the way we've constructed society men are just not allowed to express themselves because they see it as a sign of weakness and inevitably fucks them over in relationships and in the future like we should just you know it would be so wouldn't it be such a revolution if a man who obviously wanting sex is not the problem but like you said unpacking it afterwards like there's nothing wrong with saying to someone like hey, I hope you really liked this or do you like this or what do you like? Or, you know, not the sort of like selfish need of like claiming victory, like boom, I had sex with another one next. Right, like, right. you know, it would be nice if if men could do that. I think communication just needs to be something like learn. People need to learn how to communicate straight, gay, whatever. Yeah. We all have this issues communicating We all need therapy. With other people. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Rapid fire poll questions. If you struggle with anxiety, did it get better or worse once you were in a long-term relationship? Better or worse?
1: Because mm, I do struggle with anxiety. Um, I can't, oh, sorry, I can't do like a... Re- it just depends on the person.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair. You're 24 and you're dating your partner for a year. They're also 24 um, and they live with their parents and you live with a roommate. Is it too soon to move in together at 24? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I think it is. Do you send your childhood best friend a small gift if she finds out she's pregnant? Yes or no?
1: No. Yeah, like I mean, maybe my like in anticipation friend, of the
0: baby, maybe.
1: Like I a baby send them gift, a gift.
0: But not right away.
1: Uh. uh cuz you know what's so funny? Like it was so specific. I was thinking like my my friend from childhood I don't talk to anymore, but like someone I do talk to Right, someone you talk to, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send them a gift. Yes, I'll send them a gift.
0: Would you be mad at your partner for subscribing to someone's OnlyFans account? No. After how many dates do you think you could just start hanging out at each other's places? Three to four or five to six?
1: Three to four.
0: Are you feeling more sensitive right now than usual? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think is truer that every guy wants to be a hero or every girl wants to be like an exception?
1: I don't know. Cause I don't know straight people like that. I guess I couldn't speak on it to be yeah. honest with you. I guess okay. I, I, na
0: <laughs> <laughs> fair. Okay. They ask you to be official and then they back out a few weeks later. Are they not ready for a relationship or is it a cop out of being with you?
1: They're not ready for a relationship.
0: And by the way, and, and I this is just like a sidebar because I'm curious. Like, when you're dating with someone, or when you're dating someone rather, like, do you have do you have a conversation? Like, will you be my official boyfriend? Or is it just like get into that naturally?
1: I you have a conversation.
0: Yeah, agreed. How long did it take for you to cry in front of your significant other? One time I mean, four- <laughs> that could
1: be the that could be the first date. Yeah, you're a cancer. You're getting, I don't know why I asked. I'll- I'll cry at a Folger's coffee commercial.
0: <laughs> Do you ever think about what it would be like to date your partner's sibling? No. Yeah, same. But also, uh, his, <laughs> his, his, his sibling is a girl. Um, if you, okay, you're in a long term relationship and you found out that your significant other was a bully in high school, red flag or no big deal?
1: Red flag. Okay. A bully? Yeah, I would be like, what is going on?
0: Right. Like, Also, middle school would be fine, but high school is sus.
1: Yeah, high school, you're you're too old to be bullying people.
0: Yeah. Your partner has been complaining about gaining weight, but doesn't make any changes. Is it okay to bring it up or not?
1: Yes. If they bring it up to you and say, I have an issue with my weight or my body or my health or the way I'm eating and continue to complain about it, but don't do anything about it, I'm going to say, this is an issue brought up by you. And as your partner, I'm holding you accountable. So if you want to better yourself, I'm here to help you better yourself, but I'm also not going to sit here and continue to listen to you complain.
0: Yeah. Wow. I so try saying that to a girl, like, good
1: luck. <laughs> but,
0: um is there more judgment for the older person dating someone much younger than them or the younger person dating someone much older than them?
1: More judgment to the I think it's equal, right? Because the older person's like, "Oh, they just want like a hot young thing." And the younger person's like, they just want money. So it's yeah. pretty much, and usually that's true. Yeah. Um, and if that's the, the relationship you've agreed on, good for you. But exactly. I would say probably equal, probably equal judgment.
0: Yeah, I agree. Mateo, this was so much fun. Do you have a quote or piece of advice that you could share with our listeners that has helped you?
1: Yes, Instacart is here. Hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know New York Living. All right. Sorry. You can edit this out if you want, or you can keep it in it. I live on the sixth floor walk up. So it's going so to be five a while. Yeah. To get some information. So some, just like a quote, any yeah, kind of advice. Like,
0: yeah. Anything that's helped you in your life.
1: I mean, it sounds so cheesy and Disney, but like literally always be true to yourself. You'll just be more rewarded. If you're, if you're about to say something bec- in accordance with somebody that you're trying to oppress, but you don't feel those feelings, don't like, just go with your gut. Yeah. If you disagree with someone, it doesn't have to be a fight. You can just say, I don't agree with these things. Be nice yeah. to people, be nicer to people. I need it. I learned that a while ago. I need to be nicer to people.
0: Love it. Mateo, where can everyone find you, follow you, and watch your stand up?
1: You can see my stand up at the comedy lineup on Netflix, and you can see me Twitch and stream every night on Twitch. My name is Mateo Mariah. And you can follow me on Instagram at Mateo Ling.
0: Cool. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.